0: everybody and welcome to this brand new spoiler review for episode 8 from House of the Dragon from the Geek Buddies! Hey! hey. My is strong as everybody else's. Welcome everybody. We're going to have some fun breaking down what I think is the longest episode of the season so far uh, and a lot happened with almost to no action uh, almost a little bit to no action throughout this episode yet so much was going on here when you talk about the political machinations the maneuvering of the pieces on the chessboard uh, some foreshadowing going on as well and uh As I've been kind of schooled a little bit, I will leave out any details, any spoiler, any spoiler details about what's to come in the story. I'll just focus on what's going on here and maybe throw in some comparisons to how the book did the story versus how the story played out here in the episode. That's the limit to which I will do that, because some of you commented down below that you don't like me reading ahead, so to speak, and uh, ruining that for you all. So I want to respect that. And I apologize to anybody going forward, but we are going to spoil the hell out of this episode. I am the Outlaw John Roker, writing producer and host here on the Outlaw Nation and the Geek Buddies, Mike.
1: I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. Shan?
2: And this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer where you can see some of our latest work on Netflix right now. With Strawberry Shortcake, Barry in the Big City, Season 2. Uh, do they
0: all keep their berry heads on uh, in the Barry show? Is there any... Um,
2: for the most uh, part, I th- the yeah. thus far, <laughs> um, uh, physically, yes. Physically, okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> metaphorically, uh, you gotta, Who you gotta watch to find out. <laughs> Who can
0: say for sure? All right, um, and before we go forward, I just want to give some love, of course, to Carbon Health, who continues to power and sponsor us here on the Geek Buddies in the Outlaw Nation. If you've got any health care questions, concerns, or needs, if someone takes half your head off, maybe you want to roll on over to carbonhealth.com, get that checked out. They've got in-person care, virtual care, and urgent care available everywhere, COVID testing as well, 100-plus locations all over the country, 80-plus locations in California alone, carbonhealth.com. Also, download the app for we have any questions when you are on the go. All right, so much to jump into episode eight here, gentlemen. I mean, there's so much to cover with Lord of the Tides. Um, obviously, this is a episode that was very focused on who is going to take control of Driftmark and essentially be in control of Corliss Valerian's kingdom A lot went on here in terms of the battles here, the bastard stuff coming back up again, the verbal battles going on, changes at King's Landing. The the children are older now. It's a six-year time jump, and clearly, but the old wounds have not healed, and they pop up yet again. We've got some other pieces of the puzzle that come back into this show as well that we haven't seen for a couple episodes. What role are they going to play? And, of course, King Viserys, who... My lord, does he? He's like a dog aging seven years per year. Is is just struggling like crazy through this entire episode. Yet I believe has one of the greatest scenes ever, um, akin to climbing a mountain, climbing to the Iron Throne. Michael, overall episode eight. What did you think of this episode here in House of the Dragon?
1: Uh, you know, I think it. Uh, I think two things. One, I thought it was an amazing episode, everything you said. I mean, it was just gripping, every single scene. I mean, as you got into that, the, the, the scene in the throne room, the dinner scene, each one of yeah. these things was just gripping based on the writing, based on the performances, based on, you know, we were talking last week about the funeral and all like mm. sort of the glances here and there and everywhere else. And this was like, that times a thousand. The only thing I will say, and I don't think it's not a critique, but it's just an observation, is I think I'm slowly catching up to you two on the whole. "Eh, Maybe we don't need all these time jumps. Maybe we could have taken a little (laughs) bit more time. I think uh, I think if you include the prologue at the very beginning of the first episode, I think that we've jumped thirty years at this point. um, As far as. What we've seen and i like i still like that we're just jumping into the big meat of things so that like you know we didn't deal with the six years between the funeral and now Yeah. but there's probably a couple things that would have been interesting to see along that route along that journey so uh you know I, this is the choice they've made and i'm not mad at the choice everything mm. that's happening is gripping but i think much like you guys are saying these characters are so rich and it's also interesting that i wouldn't necessarily have minded uh a few more episodes kind of filling in the gaps here
0: yeah and i'd love to know maybe somebody in an interview down the road when they're out underneath an nda can actually say like well uh, hbo was worried that people wouldn't go along with it so we thought we'd have to tell the whole story in one season just in case there's still a lot more to tell obviously yeah, there's but a, i don't they're they're not telling jokes. the whole story in one season I'm not going to say anything. Uh, Shannon McClung, thoughts overall on episode eight, please.
2: I mean, across the board, I you know just super enjoyed it. Like mm. normally, I watch House of the Dragon on Monday mornings with my mm. breakfast. Um, but last <laughs> night, my my wife went to bed a little early, so I was kind of like, yeah, maybe I'll watch it tonight. I'll be ready to go to bed by the end of it. That was not the case. I was oh. all amped up after after watching that episode. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> as much as I did love it, I love the casting. Like, I'm really curious why, and, and perhaps this is in the books and, and you know, our audience can tell us, um, but why, you know, Aegon is kind of turned out to be a little bit of a shrimp mm-hmm. and Amond is now this just tall, like, badass warrior and he's got the awesome eye patch. I mean, wow. I, I, I love i love the casting especially of those two i mean they're just such bastards i mean not literal <laughs> ironically, <bastards>. ironically yeah. <laughs> but i mean again looking at sir harold knowing how much time has passed i'm like
1: why did you put a
2: little gray <laughs> same thing with Otto hightower i'm like that guy looks exactly the yeah, same. like right. i was literally looking yeah. at myself in the mirror and pulling up old photos. I'm like, how much different do I look from twenty years ago? I'm
1: like, a little
2: bit. <laughs> but yeah. As Vogel said, it was just gripping, gripping drama. Um, you know, and, and Viserys for someone like after episode one and you kind of saw the trailer of what was to come. I'm like, yeah, this guy's not making it out of episode three. (laughs) I mean, just to see him (laughs) stumbling along, so it's like (laughs) finally put this guy out of his misery. Um, but across the board performances, all fantastic. Uh, yeah, I think there are probably some interesting stories that we've probably skipped over. Um, but everything that they are giving us is great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect from this episode because last episode really enjoyed that one. But this one, with I mean, the thing is, the, the great thing about Game of Thrones is it doesn't always have to be action. A lot of the action is occurring, as you guys have said, sometimes non-verbally, sometimes in the glances, sometimes in the little sides, sometimes in the moments and the quick back and forths, All these extended scenes that happen. When they're exchanging their points of views on things, so much is happening within those scenes that you are on the edge of your seat because you don't know in King's Landing how one word can land you at the end of a sword, a uh, one 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 outburst in a court in a uh, throne room can uh, get your head lopped off. So you just never know. Everyone is always one second away from dying, and I felt that so powerfully throughout this whole episode. And that's one of the gifts when a the game of thrones episode is written so well and house of the dragon of course game of thrones universe show is written so well you are so invested in these characters and what is going to happen uh, throughout because they don't they're never short on opinions which is why death is always around the corner for sure uh for some of them uh, but let's get into it we're going to break it all down here and uh, take it section by section so sit back relax and enjoy this ride as i said it's been 6 years since the last episode Master uh, Master, Master Kelvin informs Raines that her husband Corliss uh, may have been consumed by blood fever after fighting in a recent battle. Vayman is trying to prepare them for the worst, but Raines is rejecting it. She said, "We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if he's alive or not. We don't know what's going to happen." But Vayman worries that who Vayman worries about who will take the Driftwood Driftmark throne. Luceras Valerian is next in line for the throne, but Veyman wants it because he is actually, ha- he actually has Valerian blood where he thinks the children do not, obviously, and uh, that has been going on for the last few episodes. He says he would love Rainice's support, but he does not need it. So already creating a battle line here between him and Rhaenys. Of course, it was all Vayman delivering that eulogy in the last episode. Uh, Rhaenys counters and says, you know, uh, the king could have your tongue... But he counters that queen, that the king is no longer a throne. It's a queen who sits on a the throne these days. And she clearly has grown stronger. That is Alicent over Viserys. And we see Daemon unearthing an egg from Syrax. And he ends up taking three eggs. Uh, Lady Bela is on Driftmark and has sent a message to Daemon informing him of Vayman's um, uh, desires to uh, petition to be the king of, or to uh, be in charge at Driftmark. Rhaenyra is coming down. She looks pregnant. So I don't know how many kids they've had her and Damon. Jace is getting quizzed on the histories and learning high Valerian. And he's having a tough time getting his mouth around the high Valerian. Damon comes in. Just takes Joffe from the room. Uh, he gives her uh, Vaiman, uh, a Damon, a Damon rather gives Rhaenyra a message about Vayman. Rainier wants to go to King's landing to fight these accusations before the King and claim drift mark for her son. So Mike, Hell of a beginning right off the bat. Corliss is out of the equation for now. Rhaenys, uh is uh, trying to adhere to his wishes, even though she fought him on those wishes in the last episode. Vayman here now is suing for basically control of Driftmark uh, because he, lo- he cherishes his blood and thinks it would be an insult to have a bastard on the throne there, an insult to him, and also an insult to his brother, even though he calls out his brother for being too... Um, addicted to being in the history books and not enough with dealing with the now. What do you think about this whole opening and setting up this uh, foundation for this episode?
1: I just really love that this sh- they've done such a good job with the show. Like, as you guys were saying, uh, Aegon and Aegon and Amond uh, are or at least one of the Aegons. There's a lot of Aegons flying around, which is part <laughs> of the fucking problem with Westeros. But um, <laughs> Allison's children, Aegon and uh, Amond, yeah. are just dicks. And Rhaenyra's kids uh, and, and Lenor's not kids are not dicks. Yeah. So as everyone is running around complaining about all this stuff, like they're never wrong. Vayman's not wrong. He's got a good point. Those yeah. are not Lenor's children. Yeah. They do not have the blood that should be sitting on the Driftmark throne. Yeah. So he's right, but he's also kind of a dick. And yeah. we kind of like the bastard kids. So we're like, eh, let them have the throne. Like, it's just <laughs> a really funny thing that they've done in creating the show where we're kind of like cooler with the bastard kids because yeah. they're cooler kids. Yeah. Um. So I just think it's really, really interesting. Again, like kind of jumping to six, you know, just getting to six years ahead and being like, oh, Corliss is sick. He's on his way back. He might be dead. We don't know. You're like, oh, OK. It was kind of a <laughs> little bit of whiplash. Deal also... With that also getting the dragonstone and seeing a bunch of blonde headed kids around which sort of just begs the question and again i've not read the book so i don't know whatever but you're like well i mean now you've got some legitimate targaryens running around and you've got your bastard kids so really this is all just a crap shoot at this point i don't know what's going on um always get excited to see new dragon eggs i mean you know just the fact that we have all of these dragons flying around and that yeah. At some point in the not too distant future, we don't have a lot of dragons flying around, is just building us up for a whole lot of dragon heartache at some point down the road. Um I also love that is it Bela who was back uh Yes. At, yeah. Yeah. Who like I love that she I love just like the letter to dad. I love that she's just standing there and then she's like, yeah. Yo dad, some shit's going down. I just wanted to <laughs> let you know. Um very hard to keep track of. Here's the hard part about when Targaryens are in the mix is it's really hard to tell as you're trying to keep track of everything. Like, now was that his daughter or his uncle oh, yeah. or his yeah. sister or his second niece? Like, all of who is whose uncle, aunt, daughter, sister, brother is very confusing with this family. I mean, I got it, but you have to sit there for a minute and be like, and that is who to who again? I'm not. Quite sure, but again, just like with the funeral last week, um, as once you just accept the fact that they're doing these time jumps, that each episode is like, and in a very special event in Westeros, here's what's happening this week. So, (laughs) last week it was like the funeral that brought everybody together so that you had this big family situation, and now it's this questioning of who should sit on the Driftmark throne, which ultimately. If Vaymond is um, allowed to sit on the Driftmark throne, basically says to Olive Westeros, Rhaenyra's kids are not Lenor's kids and they're shitty. So, like, it's not just a Driftmark issue, even yeah. though Vaymond is like, this is just about the Driftmark, but it's not really. So, it's a huge issue, gets everybody to King's Landing and just moves all the pieces on the board back together again so that we can watch them all bumper car off of each other for 50 minutes, which is a great way to kick things off in this episode.
0: <laughs> that's a good point yeah it's not nothing's in a vacuum uh in this kingdom at all you know everything connects to everything else because if you remove Rhaenyra's claim to Driftmark then you weaken her claim to the overall Iron Throne and that may be something that comes up later on in the show we shall see Shannon overall thoughts on this uh, opening to kind of lay the groundwork for what we're going to get in this episode
2: well, one, I love the production design. Like, I know we've seen the uh, Driftmark throne before, but this is the first time I've really kind of paid attention to it, mm. maybe because of the way the shots started from above and kind of went, up, you know, uh, directly above the throne. Right. But knowing that the Iron Throne is made of the swords of, you know, vanquished enemies, uh, like looking at this, you know, sort of piecemeal made out of wood, I, from a design standpoint, I'm like, that's just super, super cool. And I imagine that is probably from the books. Um, but is it, you know, is this wood... Uh, from ships that you know the that the the fleet have have you know decimated. Yeah. So um you know I love the design of it. Um the whole thing with Renice and Vayman is you know Renes made this case to Corliss in the last episode. Yeah. Saying that your this needs to go past Lannor's yes, sons. It point, needs Jim. to go to Bela because right. this is her like you know she is your blood and like I, you know it's it's so interesting because Renes. As a character, as someone who has um, made her peace with not being not being the queen, now we get to see her. Like uh, Vayman is basically, you know, saying like, you know, those aren't those aren't uh, Corliss's grandkids. Like, yeah. it needs to be one of us. Well, it's like, well, yeah, she agreed. She didn't agree it should be Vayman, um, but you know, she actually agreed. But you can see her doing her duty later in the episode like this is what my husband wanted this is what he thinks yeah. and then getting to back to dragonstone what i thought was really interesting with uh Joceris is this want to honor his forebears to speak mm-hmm. that ancient uh valyrian whereas whenever we see uh uh, aegon and aemond especially aegon mm-hmm. it's sort of like whatever yeah. so you know even though as vogel said like they're they're not the legitimate claim to the throne but they sure would be better suited yeah so i thought everything that was set up was great it's almost and surprising also, like, that it, oh yeah go ahead good
1: ahead, no, I, like, I mean those kids know what they are i yeah. mean they've Ooh. asked multiple times like those kids are not in the dark. Like, him wanting to learn High Valerian and kind of really working super, super hard to do it. Like, they they know the truth. Yeah. Everybody that's, – that's the thing about this show that's crazy is, like, even Viserys knows the truth. He doesn't want to admit it, but, like, everybody knows – yeah. There is nobody in the dark here about the truth of it, but they are going to hold like but it is not to be said, which is just a fascinating level of tension because no one's keeping the secret from anybody. Everybody yeah. knows it is just you were ordered by the king that we this is the rule. The king said so, so this is what it is, which is fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah, agree. I mean, uh Eve Best is doing just incredible work here as reynice and she's really come on in the last few episodes as they've given her more to do and it's been fun to watch and veyman his strength and power his nobility all of this coming through here in this moment but you sense just like because those of us who've been seasoned in watching game of thrones episodes we know the moral you know high ground doing what's right people rarely win in the world of game of thrones and so it was almost kind of, of a, a setup here to get you to connect with Veyman, even though Veyman feels like he's pushing a little bit past where he needs to be or you're taking a little bit too much uh, of a uh, aggressive approach to the situation. He's not wrong, but maybe a different tact would have gotten he him where a, he wanted to get. Yeah,
1: he's not wrong, but he is a dick.
0: Well, well I, w- I wouldn't say he was a dick. Why would you say he's a dick? He's worried that his kingdom is going to go to the wrong people. He wants to keep the, the line mean, going. His brother might be dead, so he's making the moves that he needs to make to possibly keep the kingdom going.
1: He threatens Raines. He doesn't just say he. I don't don't need your help. Yeah, I don't need need your help means I'm already assembling my faction to take over by force if necessary. So that is a threat. And although we're jumping ahead dude relishes calling those kids bastards and Rhaenyra a whore like he's a dick like he's not wrong he's a dick. Uh, I'll go Vaynen, along with you in the second
2: part but not the first part but go ahead yeah. Vayman r- reminds me a lot of Stannis Baratheon like this is the mm, ruler that people don't dick. want um but <laughs> but it's like no this is what is right like he's yeah. very he's very black and white with everything yeah. and ah. And ultimately, like he would, he probably would be the wrong guy. But according to the rules, like mm-hmm. he's very much a rule follower. This is what is supposed to happen.
1: Yeah, I don't That's think the the key difference. It is interesting. I mean, like, and look, I don't really care that much about vamon one way or the other. But the, the using Stannis as a as a barometer, Stannis would never have threatened to take over by force because he would have he like when he was ta- when he thought he was going to take over the kingdom after robert died he was the oldest like he legitimate mm-hmm. eh, no i guess Vayman is legitimately eh, okay now i'll give it yeah. to you you're right i changed my mind uh he's very much like stannis they're both dicks good point
0: <laughs> set his daughter on fire dude i mean he's a dick
1: Stannis is pretty much yeah. a dick. i was like i was gonna try and like have some argument that stannis was an honorable and then i was like no was thinking back to that season and i'm like no no no
0: no yeah you're right <laughs> no nope. okay good point good point i'll give it to you uh, fair enough. All right, let's move on here to the next section. Here, so we arrive at do King's Landing.
1: You want to take a break? Oh, yeah, before
0: we do? yeah well, I guess we we'll could take a break here. Good call. All right, we'll take a break here and we'll jump into uh, the next section of the show right after this. Do, do,
2: do, 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 do. Oh. That's
0: good, it's really good. Um, all right, let's move on here. We are at King's we get to King's Landing here. Rainier arrives. With Damon, no one is there to greet her except one of the uh, people, one of the lords there, one of the sirs there, but not Alison, not Otto, not uh, not even her dad. No one is there, in essence, of higher status to greet her. Uh, we go to the council, and the main reason nobody's going to greet us is because Alison is holding council there. She is the one running uh, the council and, uh, ha- and hearing from everybody around the table. Lord Beesberry tells us, that the Stepstones battle has been settled. And then the idea of the Driftmark, who is, should be placed at Driftmark, becomes a um, an issue that uh, kind of divides the council. Little shots are taken about the lineage of Rhaenyra's children. And it is mentioned that Corlys has not officially said that Lucerys is the heir to Driftmark, even though he essentially said that to Lucerys at the funeral. Apparently he hasn't officially said it, like, Um, Viserys said it about Rhaenyra, so interesting stuff there. Uh, and Allison, there's a battle within council, you're right. Allison gets up to uh, greet them eventually, and we'll hear everyone's petition about this whole thing. Uh, then Sir Eric, the other Eric, uh, tells her of a delicate situation in her son's apartments. So, very interesting uh, allusion there. We're going to get to that in just a second, but Rhaenyra and Damon. Are walking in and they see all the changes. And Rainier comments how it doesn't feel like home, even though I'm coming home. And we, there's going to be a comment in that a little bit later. She goes in to see her father, and we see the massive model that he has apparently been building over these six years. Good God, biggest train set I've ever seen. Um, and Viserys is, looks so bad now. He's He's got his eye covered, half his face is covered. I said he looks like Gary Oldman, his old Dracula really gone bad. Um, and Daemon try- and uh, um, Viserys and Rainier have a great uh, conversation t- coming together. Uh, but Daemon tries to lobby him for their side for Lucerys. Uh, she introduces him to Aegon and Viserys, her grandchildren. Daemon hands Viserys his tea and then he smells it. So... Uh, thinking of what might be going on here, we cut to Alison. You know, you know the the the, the queen that you both uh, is, thinks is so innocent. We cut to Alison as a young woman named Diana crying in front of her. We find out that Aegon, her son, has raped her. She tells her it it isn't her fault. It tries to console her, but then she silences her by claiming that if she speaks about it too much, others might not believe her. Uh, and then pays her off and then gives her tea to either kill her child or possibly kill her. Because later, when another server girl comes in and asks where Diana is, there's just a hug between them, and we don't know what has happened to Diana. But some great acting here by Olivia Cook, who stares at the ground, and you see that she is processing, my God, what have I become? My God, these steps that I have to take as a mother to protect my children, this is not what I wanted. At least that's what I was reading Over her face. Which I thought was fantastic. Uh, Allison then comes to talk to Rhaenyra. And spies the scar she put on Rhaenyra's arm. Damon can't be bothered to get up. And Allison is grilled by both of them. About the care of Viserys and the milk of the poppy, Renly says they keep Viserys drugged up while she and her father warm the throne, which is a hell of an accusation. Alicent says he is terrible without the milk of the poppy; he's even worse. Um, but they also go after her for removing the Targaryen heraldry uh, and some of the Targaryen, some of the dragon erotic art that was hanging on the walls and replacing <laughs> them with statues and stars of the order of the Seven. Hey, the Seven! We remember the Seven from Game of Thrones. Allison defends it, saying that it guides them and reminds them of a higher authority. Rainier asks whose authority will guide Allison's hand in deciding we'll get Driftmark. She responds by saying that the father, a symbol of the seven, will guide her and help her forget the insults that they just lobbied at her in the room. Luke and Jace uh, are headed back to the fighting pit. Where they used to train, and people are staring at them. They talk about their lineage. We see Eamon fighting Sir Kristen Cole and getting the better of him. And then he says he wants to uh, if, if his wants to see if his nephews have come back to train some more. Just then, Veyman comes in through the door, and we go back to the council room where Vayman is petitioning Allison and Otto and presenting a compelling case. Otto saying, "Do you want a child and came in of Driftmark with war on the horizon, or do you want Vayman in charge?" So clearly, it seems like they're in c- in cahoots there uh, and then Rhaenys is at the tree Rhaenyra and Rha- Rhaenys have an interesting conversation Rha- uh, Rhaenyra in a little bit of a desperate attempt to get Rhaenys on her side offers up her children to marry um, uh, 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 Damon and Lena's children uh, and kind of uh, uh, cementing the access to the Iron Throne which is something Corlys would have wanted uh, she says uh, in the end she does not take the offer anticipates the high towers will knock her to her knees, and she will stand alone. Rhaenyra goes to see her father talking of the prophecy of ice and fire, Aegon's dream. She reminds him that he told her that it was their duty to unite against a common foe, but he divided the realm, and she thought she wanted it. So a little questioning about whether she wants to be the queen or not. Now it seems like she doesn't want it, possibly. She begs him to defend it if she wishes her to bear the responsibility. And Viserys just starts to ramble and drifts off let's stop there so a lot happening there uh shannon i go to you first on this they arrive they see the changes certainly uh allison is not there to greet them possibly calling the council meeting at the same time for when they might be arriving so she doesn't have to be there but then goes to greet them has the back and forth with them both of them taking shots at each other for sure and then later we see allison with Vayman and Otto, and then we see Rainice with renera so Thoughts on what happens here at King's Landing before we get
2: to these uh, petitions for Driftmark? I mean, all great stuff. I feel I don't feel like it was Allison who made that move. I feel like it was probably Otto who made that move, who, who wanted to, who didn't want a, who didn't want a receiving party there oh, for uh, okay. uh, Damon and Rhaenyra. That's I mean, you really like, want to I have...
0: defend her? Wow. Okay, keep going. Keep going. <laughs>
2: You guys, anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Team, 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 uh, Allison Island. (laughs) There's a civil war brewing in the Geek Buddies right now. Greens and
0: blacks. I can feel it. Go ahead, yeah.
2: (laughs) But again, everything really, really great. When they go and see Viserys, I mean, we've we've watched the sort of escalation of just how pitiful he can be, and it certainly seems we've probably hit hit the apex, or at least we thought we we thought. Uh, we hit the apex with this scene Um, like his, his state, he, he kind of reminds me of Doug Jones's character from what we do in the shadows. Like he is just barely (laughs) holding on by, by a thread. And, you know, they introduce another Aegon and another Viserys and you see him reaching out for these babies i'm like that must have been terrifying (laughs) for those kids well they did start crying so good point yeah well and with the and this is this is terrible this is a fictional world though the amount of mouth breathing he's doing Mm. i'm like all i can think is it must it must absolutely reek (laughs) um watching uh allison's (laughs) Um, confront Aegon at, uh, because of the whole Diana situation. I think you're probably right, John. I don't think that was to uh, take care of a p- potential pregnancy. I'm pretty sure it was to was to kill her, um, because you know she hands her she hands her a little bit of like like a little pouch of what we assume is uh, cash but yeah, at the same time like, it. it's like yeah we're just we're gonna make this as painless as possible um but watching just um how disgusted alicent is yes with with her firstborn i mean Absolutely. just seeing just seeing how he's just like oh it was a little bit of fun she didn't have to go and tell everybody he's just such a piece of shit this <laughs> dude and then watching uh Jusaris and luceris get back into like sort of the training grounds. And even like, I, I get that like, Jacerus is probably a good guy. I do think he's a little bit of a dork. I mean, when he grabs the dagger, ha <laughs> It's like, yeah, I don't think like, again, I've not read, I, I haven't read the book, but I don't think you're going to be King buddy. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think you're long for this world. Um But then watching what a formidable fighter, um, Amond has become. Yeah. And I mean, doing it, with one eye, but also he's going to be on top riding, you know, the biggest dragon in Westeros. Like just what a, what a threat. This guy is going to be. And again, like I'm really curious about the casting. I'm wondering if the physicality is described in the books that again, Aegon turned out to be a little bit of a shrimp and Eamon sort of just grew into this, you know, very impressive, uh, uh, physical specimen. But then watching Vayman get there and yeah, I mean, you can just, again, you can feel that the tension is just palpable yeah. throughout the Red Keep and then Rhaenyra sitting by her father's bedside. I mean, again, it just, your, your heart just goes out for the poor guy. Like this was, this was a responsibility he was never supposed to have and it has literally eaten him from the inside out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, watching the after um, after the episode stuff that they do after these episodes is really great. And there is this conversation that he might not have even wanted the throne. But he was I think Patty said it. Patty Constantine said, I don't think he wanted the throne, that he was doing his duty and seeing what doing his duty did to his entire body and ravaged him, how much effort it took for him to keep this kingdom together it ripped him up from the inside out. Mm-hmm. So just fascinating with that. Uh, do you want to say anything about the Rhaenys Rainier back and forth there at the tree? Oh Shannon?
2: yeah. I mean, again, great scene. I mean, these yeah. two have always had a somewhat antagonistic relationship just because of, you know, circumstances that's outside their control. And you see Rhaenyra coming with a really, really good offer, but Renee being like, look at, tomorrow it is not going to matter like they're going to put you on your knees and i'm going to be by myself so like yeah. yeah again just great uh great setting of the uh, of the chess pieces
0: she's a shrewd politician rainies a very shrewd smart knows exactly what the play is almost at every moment um and uh tries to come out on tap almost every time and we'll see how she plays it later on in the throne room. Mike, your thoughts? She would have been a
2: great great queen.
0: Possibly. Possibly. We don't know. Possibly. Uh, Michael, your thoughts on these three scenes here as we're at King's Landing and establishing everyone uh, and their positions here for now uh, before we get to some stuff in the throne room.
1: Well, I find, you know, I mean, when we got to like the first time jump, when we got to Rhaenyra and Alicent as adults in the first place, I mean, the entire reason that Rhaenyra didn't want to leave King's Landing has kind of come to pass. I mean, she and Damon left and the yep. High Towers took over. Yep. I mean, a lot Good of the point. guards walking through the hallways are not wearing Targaryen armor. They have that like High Tower uh crest on their emblems and Alicent has like decorated the whole place like a monastery and has sort of yeah. shrouded herself in religion uh as her sort of shield to say you know i'm more pious i'm more correct which yeah. is interesting you know i mean like if you know anything about like the game of thrones universe like the 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 the, the church and the targaryens not always getting along perfectly mainly because the targaryens took lots of wives most of whom they were related to and all slept with each other so you know kind of not kosher to the pious uh and so again it's just one more way that allison has sort of built who she is in response to the Targaryen way of life has just like Mm -hmm. kind of gone to the opposite end of things. Um, and you know, it's interesting because it would be, I would be, it's interesting when the queen, the queen's father is the hand. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like a stacked deck because in other situations, with a different queen and a different hand, with the king being as sick as he is, it might be the hand that is sort of ruling and ignoring mm-hmm. the queen. But Alicent and Otto together, it's a fucking powerhouse. Like, they are yeah. running that place like nobody's business, and it is fascinating. And I did love, like, you know, when Rhaenyra and Damon go to see... Viserys, and then Allison comes in, like, I just did love the way that Damon didn't even get up. I mean, I yeah. love the casual nature <laughs> oh, of his, like, right? that, like, like the had, had he been up in arms and yelling in her face, that would not have been as strong as him right. lounging in the chair being like, so, seed of the poppy, really? That's what we're doing? <laughs> yeah. Huh? It just like, it. it is, you can see how as powerful as allison has become like there's just this natural power that Damon and rhaenyra have that she struggles with and now especially after they've been gone for six years kind of facing it head on like that as far as her and diana i actually don't fully agree i'm not defending allison i know you think that i love her and think she's an innocent babe i don't think she's an innocent babe i don't think she is the calculate she's not cersei lannister as you seem to think she is Um, but I don't think that she did kill Diana. I'm like looking at what's on the, what's on screen here. Mm -hmm. I think that this is actually her way of trying to convince herself. She's a good person. Like Mm. Cersei and other people would have absolutely just been like, all right, you're going to talk. I'm going to kill you. She doesn't kill Diana. She pays Diana off, gives her the potion to make sure she doesn't have any bastard children And then basically gaslights her into thinking that she's going to be absolutely destroyed if she says anything. And kind of destroys her and tells her to basically she should start fresh somewhere else. And I think probably does let her go. Still all horrible stuff. And I think convinces herself she's a good person for not killing her. That's how I read things. Which is I think what I find interesting about Alicent is not that I think she's good. Mm -hmm. But I think that she thinks that she's good. Yes. Um, And I think...
0: Who else have we seen like that? Uh, I mean, I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, throwing Cersei this Lannister, out there.
1: Seriously, Lannister is a straight up different, different, different thing. Different thing entirely. But um, I do think, I do think it's really interesting. And then I think that, um, now you made me lose my train of thought. I'm, that sorry, I'm sorry. Meme. That fucking <laughs> meme threw me off. I was like, that's a good, that is a that is a real, that is a real good meme. Um, but no, I think that, uh, Allison, Diana, move, uh, her kid. No nope, kid. Yeah. No, 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 no. I had a really good point. And Sorry. then I was just looking at Pam, Pam from the <laughs> office really took me there. Rhaenyra? Um,
0: Rhaenyra, anything there? No.
1: Uh, Well, no, Rhaenyra is, I think uh, the Rhaenyra and Rhaeny's scene, I think is also really interesting mainly because Rhaenyra is now in a position where, to protect herself in her future, she should tell Raines that Lenor's alive.
2: Yes. But
1: she actually really did love Lenor and was happy to give him his little gay pride pretty- happily ever after. Yeah, yeah. And is and didn't actually come clean on that. Like insists that she didn't kill him and doesn't have anything and didn't have anything to do with killing him, which is technically true. But yeah. like didn't say, I mean, this is the moment. This is the moment where you're like, look, I need you on my side and I need to tell you something, and she doesn't do it, which I thought was also a really, really kind of interesting move. Um, And then just the poor kids happily running around, reminiscing about their life at King's Landing when every fucking person in that (laughs) courtyard is staring at them and talking shit. I know. Uh, I I just feel bad for them. And then, yeah, Amond is a straight-up badass. Like, Amond is a scary psychopath. Yeah. And you know, was a psychopath from the moment he got off that dragon, and continues to be a psychopath. He is just now a really tall and lanky psychopath. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think I think that again, just watching how they go through and kind of set up where everybody is as far as their opinions on things, and then Rhaenyra is sort of begging her dad, "Hey, yeah. I need you. I need you to stand up for me." And at this point in the show, I was like. Well, that is really sweet, Rhaenyra, but daddy is not going to protect you anymore. Like, he Mm. can't even get out of that bed. There is no chance that this man can do anything. You are definitely 100% fully on your own. And then I was wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's quizzical to me, Mike, when I look at it, and Shannon, when I look at this, because if Allison and Otto are going to control the situation, allowing Rhaenyra and Damon access to her father kind of puts them in danger. So why wouldn't you limit her access, have a guard or two there who's going to go back and report what was talked about so you have a heads up on on how to deal with them? Um, and so I found that to be a little bit of a mistake in terms of either, if I'm looking at it, Allison and Otto in this situation, I think they made a mistake. If I'm looking at the showrunners and the writer, I think, oh, I'm not going to say George or Martin, but the showrunners may be here making a bit of a mistake, I- allowing all these scenes where she is, you know, plying uh, Viserys and begging Viserys to please step forward and protect her. So it just seemed odd. Or maybe Allison is actually someone who is a good person, just is stuck with a terrible lot in life, And trying her damnedest to figure this thing out, even though she's having to slowly but surely swallow some terrible decisions or some micro decisions that um, she would normally be
2: against. You coming on over to Allison Island? No, no, no. Uh,
1: Understanding (laughs)
0: is not accepting. There's
1: a difference. I think that uh, I I think there's still only. I mean, look, the as the hand of the king and the queen, like they're extremely powerful, but Rhaenyra is still the princess and next in line for the throne. And Daemon, as much as he's crazy, is still a Targaryen brother to the king. So they can be rude to them. They can only have like, but like they can't like lock them out. They can't be like you can't Mm. go in here. Like they're Targaryens. Like they still have. There's a level of, you. there's some things that they probably can't do, so they're doing what they can, but, like, Rhaenyra can go still see her dad. Uh, As far as Allison goes, I did remember the other thing I was going to say. I think it's very, very smart. Like, you know, when Aegon was younger and just jacking off out a window, she was like, listen, kid, uh, you got to get it together. You're going to be king one day. And now, I mean, she's just so disgusted with her son. Like, it really they're not, again, just to use your Pam example, Cersei Lannister, Joffrey could have done, Joffrey could have raped 35 women, probably did rape 35 women, and Cersei would have been like, you're my baby boy, I love you. Right. Like, Allison is done. Like, she's got, she, like, Aegon is still her son, and she's still gonna protect him, and she's gonna do what she can, but she is like, "You are. you are disgusting. Like, she's what really struggling hell? with, there's, she doesn't, they're not setting her up to be the person that is like, I really and truly believe that you're going to be a great King. Like Mm -hmm. she's very much like, I will support you. You're my son. And when shit goes down, I, we all know she's going to support him, but Mm -hmm. she doesn't look thrilled about it.
0: No. And she says that later, right. You know, we're mothers and we protect our, our our sons. And so clearly in her mind, she's doing what is asked of her. And this is where Allison's civil, her own civil war, happens constantly doing what she's asked of her versus what she knows to be right those are not always congruent and so she has to navigate in this world in order to stay close to powerful so having her dad essentially being like worm tongue in her ear trying to move her one way or another must not be an easy thing either so and and the uh showrunner of the show said afterwards that this is you know there's a patriarchy and so these women are trying to survive within the patriarchy yeah. And so you have to kind of judge it through that prism. Same thing with Renira. can be seen through some through some um, telescopes as kind of a sniveling, um, you know, person who is willing to desperately do whatever she can to retain her access to the throne. Even though, as she admits in these scenes, she may not even want to be queen. Now there is still something about retaining the access to the throne, the power to the throne that she still somewhat wants to retain in order to maintain her status she could have gone the Lenore route. Her and Damon could have just been like, we'll relinquish it all. We're just going to sit out here. We're going to be good. Y'all be queen, king, whatever. I don't give a shit. I'm chilling out here. But she clearly still wants some access to that power. So you can see her applying her father through a different prism more than just father-daughter stuff. Also survivalist instincts as well there. So it's, it's an interesting thing to explore with both of them. And I think they're both doing Not I didn't mind the time jump now that I've had an episode to accept them. I thought they were fantastic both yeah. actresses in this episode.
1: For sure. I, I do think yeah. one thing that I was reading, um, and this yeah. is a difference from the books and the show, is that because the books are told by like a unreliable third person narrator, there's right. details that you don't get. Like in the books, they don't have this whole thing of Viserys talking to Renera about Aegon's yeah. prophecy and the prince that was promised. And so in the books, it really is like Rhaenyra is just holding on to being queen because she wants to be queen, and Viserys right. was like, "I want you to be queen," and so there's doing it to be queen. By giving the prophecy here, by having him say to her early on in the series, "like yeah. you are going to be the person," and this is why there's this prophecy, and this is really really important to the future. Yeah. Um, it gives her a little bit of more reason for why she really feels like she should be queen, and yeah. then they use that obviously to really good effect at the end of this episode, which we'll get yes. to eventually.
0: Yeah 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 for sure for sure.
2: And, uh, yeah go ahead. Sean. Well I was going to say also to the um the high towers not giving uh Rhaenyra access to Viserys. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's also a, a a part at least of Otto who's just like he's off the board. Like there's nothing else yeah. he can do, which makes his entrance later so shocking. Is like yeah. at this point like yeah Rhaenyra, yeah let her talk to him as much as she wants. He can't do anything. Like he's fairpoint. He's hobbled.
0: Yeah. yeah, and certainly hit the shock on his face when he comes through the door of that throne room. You can see that look on Otto's face. And when he even says, Your grace, there's a sense of like, God damn it. There's a sense of that in that he's playing for sure. Um, any any truth to the rumor that this could be a forebearer of Snow Miser? No, is there any truth to that rumor? Wow. I'm just putting it out there because he kind of looks like Snow Miser. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> just missing the eye patch tell me i'm wrong all right <laughs> let's take a quick break and we'll jump into the next section of the show break it on down right after this doo-doo,
2: doo-doo, doo-doo, doo-doo.
0: you gotta forgive me my games here all right let's move on uh to what's next here uh let's see where are we at uh, we cut to the morning and the attendants and maesters are working on viserys this is a heartbreaking um situation to watch happen we hear his uh, grunts of pain his list you know and and his um just his overall demeanor of having to struggle just to function uh, there and he's when he's put in front of the fire we hear the pains and the whelps and if anyone who's ever had someone go through something like that a disease or whatever i mean my father when he had that lung uh, cancer He was only able to sit up, and the pain with which he sat up really brought back to mind that kind of feeling. So I hope anyone who who has gone through that uh, wasn't too affected by this uh, in such a negative way, because I thought they did a really great job bringing that to life. Uh, He tells Otto that he wants everyone to dine together that night, Um, and Otto asks for the uh, milk of the poppy when he sits in front of the fire there, but uh, uh, Viserys turns it down. We cut to Otto sitting. On the Iron Throne, the audacious son of a bitch. To hear the petitions for Driftmark, Vaemon goes first and talks of the histories of their houses. Rhaenyra interrupts him immediately, causing Alicent to, in essence, silence her. Um, And then he addresses her outburst. Rhaenyra begins her and then finishes up his petition by basically saying, hey, I'm next in line. I should be here. This is what should be happening because we don't know what's going to happen with Corlys. Then Rhaenyra begins her petition. And as she says, uh, addressing these accusations of her children's lineage, she is interrupted by Viserys, who is announced as he walks into the room. And this is one of the greatest walks in the history of cinema or television as he comes slowly through wearing his gold Phantom of the Opera mask coming through everybody, and you see everybody react to him. And there's almost a sense of respect and reverence for the strength that he has, other than Otto. Everyone else seems to have this respect and reverence for him for the strength that he has, coming down the aisle. And uh, this is such a great sheen scene. He has sent, And when he starts to climb the stairs to the Iron Throne, he refuses help from a guard. Then his crown falls off, which is very symbolic. And then uh, and someone else comes to try to help him. And he tries to push him off initially and then realizes it's Damon. And the symbolism here of Damon, who had been trying to get the throne from him, who had caused him so much grief about for him being king over Damon, here is Damon now helping him up the stairs to place him on the Iron Throne there. So that scene just absolutely wrecked me, to be honest with you. Um, and then we see Viserys speak. He speaks of the confusion he has over these petitions. And he calls out Princess Rhaenys who would know Corliss's wishes. Um, she actually uh, defends Lucerys' claim and mentions the offer that Rhaenyra mentioned uh, in the uh, by the Red Tree over there. So clearly her kind of pivoting in this moment. Uh, Vayman is too proud after Viserys rules and says that this case is pretty much over. Lucerys will take care of Driftmark. Uh, Vayman is too proud to let this go, says he will not allow Viserys to rule his house. You can rule how you want your house. You're not ruling my house. And then he calls the children, uh, with Damon's urging, by the way, calls the children bastards and Rhaenyra a whore. Now, Viserys takes out his knife and says he's going to cut his tongue off, which he was going to do no such thing. Uh, And before he can do that, Damon decapitates Vayman and calmly gives up his sword when he's asked to do so. Viserys has some sort of an attack and refuses any kind of aid and says he wants to be cleared. Um, we cut to Rhaenys watching uh, watching the Maesters prepare Veyman's body. This is such an interesting moment. The Grand Maester, Grand Maester, who is now essentially in charge of everything there, who we saw was helping um, uh, Viserys last episode, tries to stop her from watching here respectfully, saying to her it's bad luck to look upon death. And she responds with a great line saying that the great death has visited her so many times that he cares not if her eyes are open or closed um uh so well, let's stop here just just talk about this section real quick and then we'll cut to the dinner scene because the dinner scene is so massive um thoughts on the petition here in the iron throne uh mike everything that was everything that went down Vayman's decapitation um we see Viserys walking down the uh down the hall or down the uh walkway there to the iron throne and everything that happens around that up until Rhaenys and the body of Vayman.
1: Yeah, I mean, look. I think the thing that's great—we've said this like every week talking about the yeah. show—like, oh, Viserys is like a lame duck king. He never should have been king. He doesn't mm-hmm. really have it in him. He's just not really the leader that these other, like, Rhaenyra is a great leader in her way. Daemon's <laughs> a great leader in his way. Like, everyone has these elements of leadership, and Viserys was just like, come on, dude. You just, you just, and even like, and all he really wanted was for his family to get along that's yeah. all he ever wanted and nobody nobody was on board with it and all he wanted was like can't we get along and so now here he is body is just failing half his face looks like skeletor for masters of the universe <laughs> like he is just he just doesn't he it, I mean he's literally he it should be comical if they weren't nailing this performance so well like yeah they, it it's it's, yeah. it's just he it's ridiculous but this show has had in this one season two amazing entrances. Mm-hmm. There was an oh, yes. the entrance at the wedding when Allison yes. came in dressed all in green for the first time, kind of being like, "Look, I am I am team I am team High Tower and this is this is what I'm doing." And she really stepped up in a way that she had never stepped up before. Yep. And even though it's at the end of his life, this was Viserys' moment to shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he nobody thought he had it in him otto didn't think he had it in him rhaenyra even though she begged him to i don't think really thought he had it in him and when he walks into that room it just everything changes like you know like rhaenyra had said everything up to that point was a farce we all knew what the high towers were going to say they were going to give it to Vaymond, and in giving it to Vaymond, would have called the uh rhaenyra's children's uh lineage into question And that would have just been a giant issue to keep them and Aegon on the throne ultimately. So that was where this was all going to go until Viserys walked in. And when he got up there after that amazing, amazing walk, which you described perfectly, and was like, I'm confused. (laughs) Because this has been just like, we know, like, what's the issue here? And Rhaenys, to your point... This is why that scene with her and Rhaenyra was so great. She basically yeah. was like, "I'm leaving you out to dry. The High Towers are going to kneecap you, and that's it." Right. And she was fully going to do that. And this is why I agree with Shannon: Rhaenys would have been a great king uh, or queen. Um, she pivoted, yeah, and she pivoted hard. Like Smartly so. the the winds in that room changed real real quick, <laughs> and she stepped forward, and in saying what Rhaenyra said. Made sure Rhaenyra was on the hook for it. She's like, "Well, yes, Corlys did say this. You are right, King." And also, Rhaenyra had said this, and we think that's lovely. And Viserys was like, "Cool, job done. I can go back. I can go back to my bed now." Like it was amazing. And then, yeah, Veyman just, as as well as Rayneese read the room, Vayman did not. Yeah, and it was <laughs> it was the exact opposite. <laughs> and and uh (laughs) he he Um, won't
2: read anything ever again
1: (laughs) and i really did love as as unnecessary as it was damon just being like say it damon was like i beg you to say this out loud because everybody knew like Vayman just couldn't viserys has said this over and over again he did not want he said to his wife he yep. has said to everybody, he was like, we, we are not speaking of this. And Vayman somehow thought he was gonna get out saying that was cool, like there was no way. So it was just, again, like we've been saying, it was gripping. I've never seen someone walk down a hall and the walk <laughs> took that long. And I was on the edge of my seat being like, oh my God, like it was great. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, what was great. Uh, as I said, watching the stuff afterwards, um, the actor who played Vaman said, if you notice, Damon got me from behind because he knew he couldn't face me face to face, which I thought was really funny for him to say that. because <laughs> I mean, like that's how attached they are to their characters in such a fun and playful way. But yeah, agreed, Mike, on so many levels of everything you just said and how you described it here. Shannon, what did you think about the this scene here? With the you know Viserys getting um, treated in essence, and then refusing the milk of the poppy into the walk to the Iron Throne, essentially teasing the civil war that's coming by walking in between the two factions. I've got a picture that they were essentially separating them out. You see, Rhaenys there, uh, kind of separating them out in a way, so you see that they're on both opposite sides uh, and coming up the Iron Throne and, and delivering what he his decision. And then Rhaenys, of course, with Vayman's body.
2: I mean, the effects work on Viserys was great. Yeah, um, like you, you see these kind of holes in his body, essentially, and you remember when the when the show started, uh, who is the the grand ma- ma- uh, maester now? Who was the yeah. the young black the young black man? Who yeah. who he was the assistant, and he had suggested some other some other remedies, and the former. Uh, Grand uh, Maester was like, no, "No, no, we're not doing that. We're gonna use, we're gonna use the uh, the the maggots to, right. to eat the dead flesh away, and it, it works so well that there's now literally holes in the king." Yeah. And so, Mason Orwell, Orwell is his name, Mason Orwell. Yeah. Gotcha. But watching the interaction, like Otto is such a good player in hmm. the game because when he when Viserys says, "I want to have supper," and you know. You imagine what Otto is thinking in his head is like. This dumb mother. It is. Uh, it is morning, Your Grace. is <laughs> yeah, like, I don't like. I meant t- tonight. My family's here. I want everyone to get together.
0: <laughs> I the know whole- it's morning.
2: <laughs> the whole petition scene again. Yeah. You can see Vayman is right. He- he's saying the right thing the wrong way because mm-hmm. um, people. He's just not someone you you get on their side. And like it, it didn't help. That, uh, you know, hit, <laughs> uh, Rhaenyra in the middle of what was probably going to be a good argument, but probably an unsuccessful argument. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Viserys come in and just the, the visual of that, that kind of, uh, kind of very Richard III, almost, you know, oh, this, yeah. this very uh, affected gait to his walk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about it before, but the ability the thing that game of Thrones does so well is introducing a character that you feel one way. And by the end, you feel another. Mm. And when the crown falls off of his head and you see, it's Damon who's there, which I was reading uh, Gita Patel, who was the director of the episode. Mm. Yes. um, She gave an interview to uh, EW saying that that was something that wasn't supposed to happen. Like that was something they sort of discovered in rehearsals that the crown fell off and Matt Smith, grabbed it and just put it back on his head wow. and like he he didn't break and that was like that was that that was a moment that they discovered like oh this is a turning point in our relationship and it was so powerful that you see like you know they they have been at odds for so many years and here at the end damon his blood his brother was there for him just such a powerful 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 scene um and then damon who we did not like at the beginning gave us one of the best moments sure. like now we're fully team damon sure oh, no. you married your you married your niece and you've done a lot of shitty stuff but right now you're the hero yeah. and the <laughs> moment that the top half of veyman's cranium hits the ground and auto yells out disarm him and that sort of devil may care and age, like no it's okay i'm done it's cool. there you <laughs> I go. Mean, it was just so again just so satisfying as an audience matt smith even though it doesn't look like he's aged a day in over 20 years um he still is is turning out an incredible performance
0: i love that he gets a schwarzenegger line and he won't be saying you, you know his tongue he gets to keep
2: actually <laughs> it's a great
0: schwarzenegger line there, everybody sure. chill yeah i mean it's an incredible performance Uh, i don't know if i can add more to what you two have said patty considine just turning us all around you know and making this just finally making finally choosing a side finally making a decision here stepping up here and of course later in the dinner scene as well in this situation and so uh, fighting through all his physical pain to get up on that throne to deliver his judgment, and he delivers it in such a sarcastic, confident, cocky kind of way that it's a king, maybe in his last act as king, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, showing how strong he is to deliver uh, the judgment and how um, strong the judgment is that he delivers there as well. So, in the reaction from everybody in the throne room, and as you said from Otto Hightower as well. We see, I think that's I think that's them there. We see them reacting to him making the decision. The whole family uh, huddled there and seeing the reactions that Rhaenyra will actually keep her uh, lineage to the Iron Throne, which, of course, dents what the Hightowers were trying to do. So that is fascinating. I wonder about the Renee scene with uh, with Vaemon because I wonder if that's about, you know, how am I going to explain this to my husband, his brother? Because in the books, uh, Vaemon is actually his nephew, not his brother. Uh, and he d- the same thing happens. He, he sues for tr- to get control of Driftmark, and it is actually Rhaenyra who sends Damon to decapitate Vaymon and to be eaten by her dr- by the dragon Syrax. So she's much more she's much more active in the book. Uh, and again, as Michael said, from an unreliable narrator, uh, we see her being a much more brutal person in her pursuit of the throne. They've shaved, they've softened the edges on both of these characters to make them connectable, to make us kind of understand the journey they're going on.
1: I mean, I love Renice's line about the stranger and how much time she spent with the stranger and the stranger Mm -hmm. is no stranger to her and everything she said about the stranger. But, uh, but no, I mean, to me, it was more like, I don't think she had any particular love of Vaymond. I don't think she was particularly sad to see him go. Uh, And I don't know that she was even thinking about, what she was gonna say to Corliss. As far as she knows, Corliss might be going the same way as Vayman did. I think she is yeah. just standing there. She's like last woman standing. Mm. I mean, I think she's standing there and she's like, look, as far as she knows, she's lost her two children. She's got her grandchildren. Yeah. She's, you know, her her husband may or may not be gone. Baymond is gone and she's last woman standing and she's like i said she's she's savvy she's smart she's powerful but i think part of the reason she's powerful is she's no shrinking violet like you know when the maester is like oh you shouldn't be here this is bad you shouldn't be facing what the stranger does and she's like i don't give a fuck (laughs) i am tired and i don't give a shit that's that's how i took it
0: dgaf Rainies. Um, no more fucks to give. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll jump into that dinner scene uh, right after this.
2: Boom, 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 boom. Let's go. Boom, boom. Back half
0: on the queue. I like it. Um, all right, let's see here. Let's jump. Okay, we cut to a dinner with all the family around the table as the king comes in and welcomes everyone. Allison delivers a prayer and prays for Vayman's soul, which. Elicits another giggle from uh, uh, from Damon, which this time around I didn't mind the giggle, as opposed to his giggle to Vayman's eulogy. Uh, but Sarah says it is a cause for celebration over Rhaenyra's kids marrying Damon's children. Uh, Aegon ball busts Gisaros about his inexperience with a woman. Uh, the king sets uh, gets up to speak about the distance within his family. He has ha- this is such a powerful moment, as powerful I think for me as he was uh, climbing up to the Iron Throne. This moment for him to will himself up and speak to try to unite the family in a last act. His last official act as king was there in that throne room, but it feels like his last official act as a father here, as the patriarch, to try to bring these two warring sides of his family together. He gets up to speak about the distance within his family. He is happy to see their faces, but it's sad to see the division within. And then he removes his mask, and I wrote here, damn, what a moment, his eye is missing Most of his cheek on the other side of his face is missing, and he says he wants to see them as he is. King, father, brother, husband, grandsire. He seeks to try to bring them together for his sake because the crown cannot stand in a house divided, and then he sits slowly. Rhaenyra then taking her cue, and I don't know how much authenticity is here, but you got to respect her, raising her cup, standing up and raising her cup to the queen, to Alicent, and honors her duties to him as his, uh, to Viserys as his wife, and honors her unfailing devotion, love, and honor. She says she has my gratitude and my apology. Allison, after just a beat, also stands and says, we are both mothers and we love our children. She raises her cup to her and their house, and she even says, she concedes, you will make a fine queen. So just for a moment, and everyone drinks, and just for a moment, we glimpse the possible end of a burgeoning civil war here. I wrote out ah, of the calm before the storm, and then Aegon gets up to hit on Bela, which causes J. Uh, uh to, to arise to, to, to sorry, Luke to, to arise strongly. Aemon gets no, up that, that was Jaceres. It was Jacer. Sorry, Jason Jace, Jace gets up to uh, uh, yeah, gets up strongly. Aemon gets up to challenge him. Jace delivers a strong toast to both of them, Aemon and Aegon, as his uncle. Aegon's wife gets up and delivers an all-too-truthful toast about Aegon. Of course, that's his, his sister, Elena. She delivers an all-too-truthful toast about Aegon, and she has three children by Aegon, um, uh, which we hear. And then Jace, get, then we then we all sit down. Jace gets up and takes Aegon's wife to dance in some weird jumping dance that they're doing to the music. We see a montage of happy faces and conversation. My God, even Otto is smiling around the table as Viserys enjoys it and slowly he starts to fade from the pain and starts to utter his his howls of or his, his just utterances of pain there and he is carried away, and as soon as he leaves the this dinner, everything starts to fall apart. Eamon has a roasted pig brought before him, which uh, elicits a laugh uh, from uh, uh He slams Luceris, <Sir-> Luceris, God damn it, Luceris. Those are the two I can't get. confused <laughs> He slams the table and delivers a toast to Luke, Jace, and Joffrey. He calls them some compliments and then says they are strong. And he says a toast to the strong boys, which causes a fight there between them. Rhaenyra then separates them with Damon, sends them all to their quarters. And then there's a moment between Damon and Amon where it looks like it's down. It's going to go down. And, and Damon is almost like, let's go, son. Bring it, son. Bring it. But uh, Eamon, who is smart in that moment, walks off, or shall I say struts off. Uh, and Allison calls out Eamon as well. So, just like she called out Aegon after the situation with Diana, she calls out Eamon after this situation and goes to Rhaenyra. We hear that, um, you know, Allison wants Rhaenyra not to go. She wants her to stay. Rhaenyra says, oh, it's best. I should take him back to Dragonstone. Um, but she says that she will come back. On dragon back to king's Landing to be with allison so at least this seems like we've got some union back together again between these two former friends as the kids are sent back to their quarters then we cut to a hooded figure who goes to uh the woman that was with damon uh, before and she's informed of the drama at the castle and i wrote what the f is this all about what's this going to play how's this going to play out the things then we cut to allison who goes to Viserys. He tells her again about the Song of Ice and Fire, uh, or he talks about the Song of Ice and Fire and that the prince that was promised will be you. Well, the thinks that Allison is actually Rhaenyra uh, because Allison knows nothing about the prophecy of the Song of Ice and Fire. He mentions Aegon. He says that that is the one to unite the kingdom against the cold and the dark. She strokes his face, blows out the candle, says she understands her king, And we cut to a, we slowly cut to the dagger by his bedside. Viserys cries out in the dark, no more. And what I imagine dies in the night. Uh, Shannon, I go to you on this, um, starting off with that dinner scene and everything that happens in the dinner scene. And then the ending here where uh, Allison where uh, uh, Viserys thinks that Allison is Rhaenyra.
2: Well, also at the end, when it blacks out, he says, "My love, my love." He, see- yes, my he love. sees Emma. He sees-, he sees Emma, right? Great point. Yeah, which Good I thought point, was just uh, like so. Oh, I think, I think she's my Siri just pissed. came on. Hey, yeah, she's, yeah, yeah probably- <laughs> <laughs> she's, probably-
1: <laughs> she's probably pissed when she sees him. Right.
0: And by the way, Maseria was the act- was the character who uh, was yeah. uh, who met with the hooded figure. apologize. y'all, that didn't have that name at hand.
2: Uh, go ahead, Shin. Um just a dynamite dynamite scene mm. i mean as you said like for for the most part there hasn't been a whole lot of action in house yep. of the dragon um but it's just been so compelling from from episode one uh you know you get that great shot of rhaenyra and Alicent with that space mm. reserved for viserys and they're just not looking at each other and then <laughs> and again this is this this was such a moving scene and it was such a uh such a resounding moment but when he takes that mask off and he's just like i want you to see me as i am yeah. and you know he gives that great speech in in my comic brain i just wanted someone to be like wait, we're about to eat like what what are you, what are you what are you doing <laughs> God, what's wrong with you oh yeah oh buddy <laughs> you couldn't <laughs> wait until after dessert to do this. <laughs> but such a great speech i mean you hear just you hear this old man pleading for people to get along and the fact that Rhaenyra when she expresses her gratitude to Alicent Mm. you know obviously we don't know what what happens in between mainly because it's jumped around for 20 years but I feel like this is the first time someone has said thank you to Alicent yeah thank you for taking care of my father because Otto didn't say thank you for taking care of the king like he he was all about the strat the, the strategy of it so she hears you know, thank you for doing this. Thank you for doing what I didn't because I haven't been here. And no. I think that really, I think that really uh, uh, affects Allison. And also at the same time, when she gives the return toast to Rhaenyra, I think she knows my son cannot be king. He is an absolute piece of shit. And even though this is, this is going to cause some problems. Your son, your son is the more, is the more capable, capable person to, to rule and the i mean and Aegon never missing a moment after they talk about you know the betrothal of uh of the girls to the boys and you know that's like hey so do do you know how this works like like he's just such a fucker and you hear just you hear just basically say after that after the second insult like you you can play the jester but you don't you don't talk that way in front of my betrothed, like he's such a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> normal dude. Yeah, and you you imagine that Aegon. I mean, granted, Aemon's on his side, mm-hmm. but would Aegon be able to take Jason in a one on one? I'm not sure because again, Aegon's a little bit of a shrimp. No, I don't um, think
0: Aegon could take Jace, but I think Aemon could absolutely take Jace.
2: One one hundred percent. And then, like you see, you see that last glimpse of hope that Viserys has mm-hmm. with the family seeming to get along. And as he leaves and immediately, like, <laughs> I mean, this is really Luke's fault <laughs> um, when they set that pig down in front of Amon's and he can't help, but laugh, make eye contact and laughs like, Oh dude, this, this is kind of on you. And like, he has that great speech where he's it sounds like he's complimenting them, yeah. but then he adds in that one, that one word. And when Jace, you know, colcox him, I love that Aegon immediately grabs Luke, who is much younger and much smaller. Like that—that's what like Aegon. He's a bully. He's just a bad, bad dude. But again, Allison, in that moment, she knows, yeah, like, oh, he—he he can't do it either. My kids, my kids are not suitable for the throne. Mm-hmm. And then, you know that moment like it seemed as you said john it seemed like they were gonna make amends like these two old friends who've been at odds for over 20 years it looked like they were gonna they they were gonna come together and then because one's kid well both their kids made some made some bad decisions it's never gonna happen now and you see the confusion as alicent is you know talking to viserys who's you know in a little bit of a fever dream just talking about this Song the and of the fire and all the medication, all that stuff. So yeah, he's yep. yeah. Don't don't give vital information if you're on drugs. <laughs> I think is really is really the lesson here. But sure. you know, she's she watched what renice did with with corliss and now she's hearing, like, all right, Viserys is saying Aegon needs to be king. Right. And it, you know, just a classic miscommunication. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Mike, thoughts on uh, what's going on here in in the in the uh, uh, dinner scene, and then what goes on later between uh, Alicent and uh, Viserys?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Shannon and you both covered a lot of it, but I think that um, what's great about this whole moment with Viserys is that for the again for the entire season. Every time that he's been trying to just be like, hey, I just want everybody to get along, it's come across as weak. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly in the funeral scene last week where he was just yelling at everybody, like, why can't we just put this all beside us? I need you all to get together. And I think this week was just a really interesting uh, study in the strength in vulnerability. that he yell- He's yelled at them for years that they all need to get along and nobody listened. but the moment that he just literally is as vulnerable as he can be taking that mask off showing how far he's fallen physically and just giving this very honest and beautiful speech about what an old dying man wishes for Mm -hmm. he's not mad he's not yelling he's not making demands he just is speaking truly from his heart And it's the most affecting thing he's done as a king in eight episodes, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is really, really interesting. And it works. Like, that's the thing that makes this dinner scene so tragic is it works. Um, I think Shannon absolutely nailed it. Rhaenyra stands up and says, again, something that is, I don't think that calculated. I think it's honest. Like, she wasn't there for her dad as he's been failing in his health. And Alicent has been there the whole time and she thanks her for it. Yeah. And then I think Allison, she's not, Allison isn't saying to Rhaenyra, oh, I think your son would be a better king than my son. She's saying, you're going to be a better queen. Like, it's not, it's not um, Aegon versus Jocerys. Jocerys would be king one day, but like, Rhaenyra is going to rule for a long time. Like, this is a, you, my friend, my, from childhood would, yes, be a much better ruler than my rapist piece of shit son. Um so again I think mean, everything that's said in those moments is really honest and even when um when Jake kind of gets up to dance with uh what's her name crazy, crazy target yeah. yeah Helena um the jumping around she's is that crazy. girl she's mm, a seer man <laughs> you can be a seer and be crazy Right, um <laughs> and I think like her jumping around kind of speaks to she is sort of like, I don't want to say like stunted, but she's she has like the mind of a child. Like she's not mm. even her even her toast that she gives about Aegon isn't someone who is trying to be shitty to her shitty husband. Like she's actually just saying something really honest. It's yeah. funny and doesn't make Aegon feel great, but she's just sort of this innocent, childlike person in the midst of all this stuff. And so her kind of jumping around is the way that a kid would jump around like dancing yeah. at a wedding and Jake, cause he's a good guy is like, yeah, okay, cool. That's how we're dancing. And like Otto's laughing and everyone's happy. And you really just have, like you said, it's this calm before the storm. It's this moment where you're like, this would be great. Can we just do this? <laughs> And they all lived happily ever after and there was a thousand dragons in Westeros forever and everything was cool. And then it is, it's, you know, it's generational trauma that even, even though Alicent and Rhaenyra might be at a place where they want bygones to be bygones, their kids have listened to them for years and years and years talk shit and it is buried deep in them and all of the shit that they've gone through together and everything that happened at that cave at uh, Atlanta's funeral. Like, they're just, nobody was putting any of this away. And Eamon, as our new favorite villain in this series, stood up and just, you're right. Like, Luke did laugh at the pig. I get it. It was funny, Luke. But yes, Eamon dug the knife in to the point where it was never going to, uh, you're just, you're never going to be able to stop this. It's a vicious cycle. And then, yeah, and I just, to your point, Allison and Renee are having that moment, even after all that. Where Allison was like, I just, I wish you would stay. Like, yeah. it's so sad. And like the reason, you know, we could debate all day whether are, is, are Allison and Raniere being 100% authentic and honest? Are they being calculating? Do they really yeah. mean it? Do they not? I think what's the more interesting choice is that they do. Yeah. I think what's more interesting is that there's these two people that have been yeah. friends since they were kids and circumstance and politics and society and the patriarchy has just continually put them at odds with each other. And they've finally reached this moment where Allison is like, if I look, Aegon's not gonna be a great king. You're gonna be a great queen. I'm cool to put this behind me. Can you just not leave? Can we like just stay up all night and talk? I just feel like there's so much that we could talk about. And Raniro was like, I got to get them out of here because this is some shit, but I promise I'm going to fly back on Dragon and we're going to be best friends and we're going to talk and it's going to be beautiful. And it's just such a true, genuine moment and you just want it to happen so bad. Um, And also, had the kids not blown up and Rhaenyra hadn't had to get them the fuck out of there, maybe she would have gone with Alicent to go check on dad and this whole Aegon bullshit wouldn't have happened anyway. Like, it's just like the whole thing is horrible. And then, yes, because... Alicent goes to see Viserys and he is talking about Aegon Targaryen's prophecy and Alicent has an Aegon Targaryen and Ranira has an Aegon Targaryen and ultimately they are talking about Aegon Tar- Targaryen V, aka Jon Snow. There are too yeah. many fucking Aegons and it's very confusing for everybody, including <laughs> Alicent and it's not going to go great. And it does now in the same way that I was saying that rhaenyra kind of wanting to be queen just because as yeah. opposed to rhaenyra wanting to be queen because there was this prophecy because I think that's what that scene is earlier John she's like she's saying to Viserys she's like um she's like look is this prophecy legit because yeah. if it's not I would give all this up I'm happy on yeah. Dragonstone Let me off of this I would go yeah. like I I could be out I, I, is the prophecy real and then allison comes in and she's like He's like, hey, there's this prophecy. I do think it's real. It's all about Aegon. So now you've got Rhaenyra, who probably doesn't really want to be queen at this point, but she's. But there's this prophecy. And now you've got Alicent, who's like, I don't think my son would be the best king, but there's this prophecy. So right. now everyone is going to go to war because they're in the, but there's this prophecy place, which right. is horrible and ridiculous and sort of just sad for everybody. Uh. Anything to say on, uh, yeah. And I,
0: I, anything to say about Miseria? Anything to say on that, uh, Mike? Anything? Oh,
1: I think, I think she's gonna be, she' gonna be Varus, but not bald. She's not oh, bald Varus. Interesting. Uh, like she's like, right. like it's like, I don't know where it goes, but yeah. you know, she very, very early on, uh, when Damon kind of saw her again after being gone for a while, was like, I don't really sell my body anymore. I make money yeah. doing something way more interesting. And they sort of implied, they implied that she was the one that probably told Otto, that uh, Damon and Rhaenyra were in uh, the brothel together. Yeah, yeah um, there yeah. was that implication that, that was one of her little her little birds, and yeah. so now we see that she's got uh, people in in the castle. You know, just totally like synced in. So what that means for how this information of what's going down gets disseminated, as we've seen with Varys, as we've seen with Littlefinger. um information is just as dangerous as swords in westeros
0: very true uh i won't reveal but yeah she has a part to play for sure um this is uh, i loved this scene in the um throne room uh, i'm sorry in the dinner uh because there's so much happening here and the only reason that uh this the speech works this time finally i think is because allison as you guys have said has seen how terrible her children are, which is which is really interesting because they come from Viserys, who's of noble stock, it seems like, and Allison, who seems to be a good person. How do these two bastards come out of these two parents? It's kind of mind-blowing to think about how that could be possible. But then again, that's something that happens in our world sometimes. You know, if you watch the Dahmer thing, uh, her, his dad has always spoken extensively about what it was like to raise this child and then discover what he did. So you just never know who is going to be the parents of a child like that? So just an interesting kind of change, whereas Damon is one of the worst people in the, in the entire universe, House of the Dragon. But here he's essentially been raising these children for a few years now, and they've turned out to be pretty noble people as well with Rhaenyra. So it's just very interesting to see the differences as well. So I think this time it works because Rhaenyra is kind of desperate to find some sort of peace here, and Allison is desperate to find some sort of peace because of the madness of her children. And they just want to kind of finally figure this out. Plus, I imagine Allison has not had one friend other than Sir Bitterman, uh, Kristen Cole, there with her the whole time. So having a female friend, I'm just saying, having a female friend hang out with her, I think, and, and reuniting that and rekindling that would be so important to her. Do you know what I'm saying? And she's the queen. And she can have that. And she can push Otto down a, a peg to be like, no, I'm going to have this. We're going to do it this way. And that's the true tragedy of it all. And of course, at the end, Mike, as you say, it's Viserys. Ironically, it's Viserys who tries to unite them that actually separates them because of the prophecy that he had spoken to Rainero way back when he made her heir in the first episode. And then uh, speaking about the prophecy again here while he's still alive. And then right here at the end, speaking of the prophecy to Alicent uh, in a confused state. And <clears throat> just to give you a little connection to the books, Alicent is older in the books. So the stuff that she's doing with Viserys, she actually did with the previous king. Jaharis. She had that. And so, and she was eventually mistaken for one of Jaharis' daughters. So they've essentially transposed that onto this relationship. And I think it really works for what you're seeing. And there was the precedent last episode because he called her Ama on accident uh, when he was walking there or in a confused state. So certainly it was happening. So no surprise. And that adds even more to the tragedy that they're going to go to war because each of them thinks that they are honoring her their father or their husband's wishes. And that's the sad truth of the tragedy that we're going to go. We're going to see if you've seen the preview for episode nine, uh, for sure. Um, Anything, any, any final words to say as we wrap up here for episode eight, Uh, I'll go back to you, Mike, any final words on this episode as we uh, glimpse episode nine on the horizon.
1: Um, If you are a gay musical theater fan, uh, (laughs) there is a moment in wicked during Defying Gravity, where when Elphaba is like bugging out from Oz and she's about to leave and she's like, Glinda, like, come with me. We could do this together. And there's like the brief moment where they sing together where you're like, oh, fuck, ma'am, Glinda and Elphaba running around two like badass witches like they would fucking rule Oz. Like the <laughs> wizard wouldn't have a chance. This would be awesome. And then Glinda backs off and she doesn't do it. And she's like, hey. I hope you're happy, and they part their ways. And to me, this entire episode was all like leading up to the moment where Alicent was like, "Why don't you stay?" and Rhaenyra was like, "I'll come right back on my dragon." It was like there's just this moment where you're like, "Man, Rhaenyra Targaryen and Alicent Hightower together Man. ruling things would be a fucking." powerhouse, like mm-hmm. Rhaenyra taking the throne, Alicent could become her hand, like you could just this could be some shit, Ooh. and then you just know it's not going to happen and it's because of the patriarchy and it's because of Westeros and it's because of Otto Hightower and it's because of all these things and it's just a bummer, but it's a bummer in all the best ways, and I can't wait to see what happens.
0: And tragically because of Viserys,
2: tragically who tried to
0: unite yeah. them it's such a shame. Uh Shannon, final words on episode eight as we move away from Lord of the Tides
2: I mean, I'll be curious uh, how much time passes uh, with nine and 10, but uh, mm, you know, good, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, I'm curious if uh, we'll get to see uh, Amon's and Damon have it out this season. Cause it mm. sure seems like those two are going to uh, uh, ha- have a, have a little jousting match, have a, have a little uh, uh, tete-a-tete.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, uh, so yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to <laughs> so John if happens, something okay if that happens as well. Um, <laughs> uh, but there is so much more, as Michael said earlier, there's so much more of the story to tell, there's so much more to come here for sure. So just enjoy this, relish this, cherish this. That we're getting such a fantastic season of Ga- of a Game of Thrones universe show yet again. It is completely washed away. For me, season eight of Game of Thrones, to the point where I almost went back and started watching some of my favorite episodes of Game of Thrones, and I have not had the inclination to do that since the end of season eight. And so I I credit the show for doing that for me because I just love the writing here, love the direction, love the performances, and love the way that they've made some adjustments from the books that make you care about these characters, be invested in these characters, and as Michael said, glimpse and really feel the tragedy of what is going to happen because there was a moment, there was a moment and it just is now shattered on the rocks uh, there uh, at King's Landing, unfortunately. So we'll see what happens. We'll see. And a good point you bring up Shannon, will we be already knee deep in the civil war? Will this be the beginning of this? Where are we going to go in episode nine? Cause episode nine is usually the, uh, the big episode in every season of game of Thrones. So I wonder if we're going to get something massive in this episode uh, and 10 being somewhat of a denouement for the first season, of house of the dragon all right well thank you all so much for joining us here for this uh, uh this uh, spoiler review of house of the dragon episode eight here uh so much fun talking about all this with these two gentlemen loving pieces shannon what do we got to say
2: yeah if you'd like to follow us on social media on twitter it's at geek underscore buddies on instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies if you'd like to follow me on social media on twitter it's at shannon underscore mcclung on instagram at shannon the geek buddy if you would like to follow mr vogel it is at mk if you would like to follow mr roca it is at the roca says mikey
1: Um, Like Johnny said, we love what we do. We love chatting with each other. And we love you all being here with us as long as your name is not Aegon. So if you're not Aegon, then here's what you can do for us. You can hit that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's (laughs) Outlaw Nation page and check out all the amazing content that he's got right there. Leave your comments below. What did you think of this episode? What did we miss? What did we not miss? What do you like? What do you hate? Where do you think it's going? Let us know below. Uh, If you are listening to us via podcast, go ahead and take a minute to leave us some stars. Leave us some comments. Comments, helps us go up in the rankings so more people can find us and as always the best thing that you can do is retweet this video post it to your social send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there
2: you
0: go all right y'all take care of yourselves be well and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new spoiler review for house of the dragon oh wait and big thanks to carbon as well who powers and sponsors us here on the geek buddies go to CarbonHealth.com right now download the app as well if you have any healthcare questions concerns or needs on the go or if you need to see somebody soon go and take a look at them see if they've got a clinic near you they also offer virtual care so you can do that online to get checked out of if it's more of an emergency for sure all right well thank you all so much for joining us and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new spoiler review here from the
1: geek (gasps) buddies hey